the salami and cheese mama. This ball game is over. There you go, folks. It's all good. It's all good. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode four of Terp. Well, we call it Terp now, but the, still called the Untitled Raptors Podcast, also known as Terp. Uh, this is your host, Talib and Akshay here. I'd like to welcome everyone and thank you for listening to us. Uh, so we'll get started here very shortly. But just before that, I want to ask Akshay, 2018 is coming to your close. How are you ending 2018 tonight, buddy? Yeah, so uh, I'm going to go to a bar and not do the crazy downtown spending $100 to get into a club life. Uh, although I've never done that life. So, uh, yeah, that's what we're doing. How is, uh, how is Luca Land? Talib is traveling in Dallas right now. Luca Land's awesome. I wish I actually came to Dallas and actually was able to watch a Mavericks game. I've been, I spoke to a couple of Mavs fans and they're all super excited about Luca. Uh, but I'm here for the best part to come to Dallas uh, weddings, which is always fun. <laughs> uh, it's been a great wedding week. Uh, super excited for my cousin who got married. Uh, in that time, I've been able to miss, catch two, three games of Raptors, you know. NBA League Pass, here you go. Giving you a shout-out right here. You guys are awesome. I love it. Watched the games. Uh, cried a bit during some of the games. Uh, was excited at the ceremony just because the Raps won yesterday. So my mood, I think everyone everyone at the wedding knows my mood fluctuates based on the Raptors. And it's some people are like, what? That's crazy. I'm like, no. This is what true love is. All right? You're at a wedding. I'm saying my true love is the Raptors. Your true love might be your... Beyonce, or for that matter, mine is true love for the Raptors. My mood fluctuates on their performance. I'm sure there are other people out there. So right now, we're in a good mood. So let's get started, Akshay. Yeah, so that means your mood fluctuated a lot this week. All right, let's get get started. We have a lot to do this week. So let's get started with some likes or dislikes. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Likes and dislikes. Likes and dislikes. So, game number one this week was a win. Toronto at Miami on Boxing Day. 106-104. That was the game uh, where Danny Green got the last second shot, uh, where Fred Van Leek went a little crazy in the fourth, and I think he had three threes um, after missing like a 1,000. And uh, and they ended up just squeaking out a win. And uh, and Kyle did not play in that game as well. And Valentinus obviously did not play. So, Tal, what did you like about that game or dislike or both? All right, so I'll start with the like. Uh, I'll be very concise in that sense. Last play of the game. I know the ball went to Danny Green, but watch the play and see Pascal Siakam in the play. Pascal comes on the left corner side. Uh, and he, remember them, he, guarding Pascal is James Johnson and guarding Danny Green is Dwayne Wade. Now, they both make a switch at the baseline. However, they reverse the switch. So they're going to go for the switch, and then Pascal turns back. Now, what that does is it confuses the hell out of James Johnson. And if you see the play, it's almost Danny Green's wide open because they're supposed to switch on that play. But what ends up happening is Dwayne Wade goes towards Pascal Siakam. James Johnson's stranded in the middle thinking, hey, we didn't actually, these guys didn't actually switch, but we're switching defenders for no reason and that leaves Danny Green wide open. That is, I think, a brilliant basketball play. I'm sure it wasn't designed to end the play with Danny Green, but what it does, it frees up the entire offense up completely and creates opportunities. So I'm sure the play was probably Kawhi Leonard getting that shot, uh, but 
obviously you're making a smart, smart pass when you've got a guy on you really not able to force a jump shot and you see Danny Green wide open. Quite a surge, surge to Danny open three. Watch that play again. Uh, what I'll do is I'll try to post it on our Instagram page this week. And you'll see how I think it was Pascal. Pascal did a great job in that play. And he doesn't get he didn't even touch the ball. That's the brilliant about it. Dislike about that, our start. Uh it's 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 been of an issue lately here. I think we don't settle into half court offense really well. So the early start was definitely not something not not something not something to, not something exciting to watch for. Yeah, I mean they, my dislike was exactly the same. The early starts where they get they get no effort and then we hear the same cliche answers you know they just came out more aggressive than us we've heard for many many years um that was probably my dislike my like was uh fred's confidence i think i think one of the things that has brought fred kind of out of his slump is that he just forgets you know the shot before he has probably one of the shortest term memory on the on the team um and i think he was not shooting well and he ended up getting three big threes especially one that was like a late shot clock from super downtown, I think to tie it or, or bring them really close. I can't remember the exact score at the time, but I really, really love Fred's confidence. Um, and then you could, you could see a little bit more of it even later in the weeks. Uh, Toronto at Orlando. This was just one of them games, you know, one of those games that everybody has. You'll have every team will have five or six of these games in the season um, where you just get your butt kicked. What was the final score was, 116.87. Full disclosure, I watched the first half. I couldn't bring myself to watch the second half. So I have no genius analysis from the second half. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, I'm going to start with the like and dislike, and they're going to end up with the same one because it's a big LOL. <laughs> Laugh out loud. Holy crap. There's nothing in this thing, man. This is ridiculous. And I watched the second half. I was traveling, and I I think I was I was trying at the time. I got some Wi-Fi. I tuned in the game, and I'm watching the second half, and I saw this entire Raptor team just crumble. Nothing was exciting about this team. Uh, you know, it was it, it, it was pretty bad. I thought it was a pretty bad effort on both parts, especially considering Orlando. you got to take care of business. I think Orlando-wise, I think Orlando played really good. Watching Vucevic play, that guy is something special. He's a fantastic player to watch, right? So I was really excited to watch him play. I love these big men guys who have, still have that post-game flair as well, uh, which is really good to see. So it's very rare. You don't see that in the in the game often. But on that side, it was really good. But other than nothing to like and everything to dislike in this yeah, game. Yeah, I think, I think he had a 30-20 and 20 game, right, Vucevic? Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, so I, I had the same thing. There was not much to like about this game. I know they, they had the lead with about five minutes to go in the first half. And then they started to crumble. It, I, they ended up shooting 29% uh, for three. I, my only like I put down was that they shot 29%, but still got free fries for everybody. They still made 12 threes at those 29%, in that 29%. Um, so really not much. It was you know a couple of injuries that game. Ended up shooting 29%. You can't really take much out of that game. It's kind of one of those games you just kind of skip over and move on. Um, the last game of the week was Chicago at, at Toronto. Uh, that was last night where uh, Toronto ended up winning 95-89. So what was your like or dislike, Tal? That was a really good one. So uh, that was fun watching this. And uh, I watched the full game late last night. What I liked is the offensive rebounding. Pascal Siakam was very good. Our putback offense was very, very, it was very impressive. And what that is is basically 
pullback offenses, number of possessions we get, number of buckets we get on our offensive rebounding. So that really kept us in the game with some solid rebounding, solid pick-and-roll offenses, solid transition points all combined into that. Creating offense is really the second-chance points, which were really good. Uh, dislike on that half-court offense, uh, this was horrible. You know, it was really horrendous. And this kind of shows you how much we miss Kyle so much because you will struggle if you're playing a team with anything better. Like, I think any anything better than Chicago. And Chicago's not that great. So, disclaimer, we should have blown blown the big times. So a little disappointing. But half-court offense, you had, we had 66 points on 100 possessions. And that's in the, just a context here. That's in, like, the... That's the first percentile. That's really bad. So we had a pretty bad off, poor half-court offense. And I don't know. I'm not too confident with our our point guard situation as well, with, especially with the backup point guard. DeLon Wright struggles with his pick and roll. I think he's very good one-on-one. Uh, spot up three, if he takes it, it's pretty decent. But uh, I think his play calling or understanding the pick and roll even, making that quick pass – is questionable at best. Yeah, I, I mean, I, uh, I I did like the half, half court offense. I, I put the exact same stuff down. I think sixty six points per hundred possessions is not going to do much for you in the league. Uh, we can really see the the effects of no Kyle right now. And you know what? With half court, no Valanciunas as well. Like he he's one of those guys that just calms down the offense when when you know they're kind of sputtering. It's like let's just throw it down to our big guy because we don't really have anybody uh, to do something like that except. Maybe Moose a little bit, um, but not not to the same level as Valanciunas. Valanciunas is like an elite post scorer, uh, and so having him not there, as well as having Kyle not there, really affects your half court offense. The like was, I, I mean, they had a terrible game in Orlando, and they came out and they played pretty good defense. I think I think consistently outside of you know a couple of games this year, uh, they played really really great defense, and so I'm happy to see that they came back and. They came out and they held the team to 89 points, which even with the you know the crazy slow pace that that uh, Chicago forced them to, which Chicago really did force them to, they really mucked up that game yesterday, um, and uh, they still held them to 89 89 points, which is really good. It's funny I watched the uh, post game interviews yesterday. I think they had uh, they had Nurse obviously, and then they had Van Vliet and Siakam, and it sounded like everybody sounded like they just lost a game. It was. Oh. It was. Well, there was no. Con- I mean, you've got to beat Chicago big time, right? This is not a good team, and if you're going to be held as like a championship team, you really have to take care of business big time. Especially coming from an ass whooping from Orlando. That's all it is, right? Yeah, yeah. You could you could tell that the the offensive struggles are kind of weighing on Nurse. He's one of those guys that's that's just like, oh, you know, next man up, next man up. But the reality of it is, it's hard to do next man up when you're missing two of your six top. Uh, two of your top six players, right? So, so he he's struggling a little bit, and you could see that uh, you could see that they're kind of searching a little bit without any practice time right now. I don't think they're going to get much practice time again with this week having four games. So, we'll see. Let's come back, I Kyle. Think, come back, Kyle. I think the biggest thing on this entire thing is you realize how important uh, rim play is, right? So, if you're looking at going to the rim and getting those buckets within the first three feet of the bucket where Jonas Valanciunas does a, has a really high percentage of making them. He's very eff- effective. Uh, effective field goal percentages within like four or five feet of the brim. And Kyle Lowry as well, right? Like those two guys create, get those simple buckets, which really get the offense flowing. 
So we're less, less reliant on that. Like I think Jonas more than Kyle, in my opinion, sometimes just because he's undermatched and Serge with post up. I please, I oh my god, I please, I beg Serge, please do not post up and do not post up and do not take threes. Those are two things. Please, everything else, you're amazing. Please, the post up is awful. But <laughs> only elbow jumpers, only elbow jumpers. Yeah, that's elbow it. jumpers. That's all you take. That's all. <laughs> that's all it is. Elbow jumpers. Thirty million for elbow jumpers, right? It's twenty right. million. Twenty million. Twenty million for elbow jumpers and a YouTube show. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Which he hasn't released an episode for in a long time. No, I think. Uh, I think. They, I think these guys are all pretty. Uh, pretty slow because I think they're like scared. If they're not doing well, they don't release an episode because. I imagine if you go on like a three-game losing streak or you lose really poorly and then you release an episode, there's all this backlash from Twitter. It'd be like, hey, this guy should be working hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel that's probably part of it, right? Like uh, Danny Green released a, pot, a new podcast with Jonas Valanciunas. I got to tell you, Jonas sucks, man. He's yeah, boring. Yeah, he's so he's boring. So boring. <laughs> that's oh what I was thinking God. too. He's so boring. It wasn't entertaining at all. And you you see Danny like ask him and like, you know, he, Danny's trying to ask him questions yeah. and Harrison, his podcast mate, is asking him questions. Jonas is like, I wish I had time for preparation and did more stuff. And you're like, just answer, man. <laughs> yeah, he was he was by far the worst episode. I, I barely got through that one. I just left it on to for if I could find anything Really, for, any tidbits for the pod, but really, he gave me nothing. There's a go. Here you go. This is a review of another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> right? This is a new thing. Reviews of podcasts that you're gonna you're gonna listen to. So, Danny Green podcast normally very good, but this episode not too good. No. Sorry, Green Ranger. <laughs> no, he was not good. You know what's funny? I think I think that Raptor players are just gonna rotate between going on his pod and Serge's cooking show. By the end of the year, they're all gonna be on both. of them. Okay, I'm calling it right now. CJ McCollum's on Danny Green's next podcast. You uh, is Orlando is Portland coming here? Oh, it's gonna it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen because I because I think CJ McCollum, I believe Danny Green was on his, so they do this. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Everybody's got a pod now. You said you were telling me Vince started one too. Vince started one. It's it's fun listening to Vince's man. Vince, uh, just because it's Vince and Kent Bazemore, and they had I listened to one with Jeremy Lin, and it was really good hearing about the Jeremy Lin episode because he started from nothing and the whole expectation of him being such like a Lin Sandy. The Lin Sandy hype was pretty real. And it's all welcome to the NBA moment. And it was really cool to see someone like Jeremy Lin talk about it from a very holistic perspective. So I thought that was a really good episode. I think I think my favorite podcast, basketball podcast, JJ Redick. I think he's phenomenal. Like that podcast is good. He's a great interviewer. Really? No, yeah, I like I, I like Lowe's. I mean, if you're talking player podcasts, yes, I agree. JJ Reddick's is very good, but I, I like Lowe's as a pure basketball podcast. Um, okay, let's not get into talking about basketball podcasts. We got a lot to get through. Let's start with we got some, our own podcast. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's let's start with some agree or disagree. Lowry scoops it up. Lowry lets it fly. Agree or disagree? Yeah. So this week we're gonna we're gonna mix up agree or disagree. We're at the how many games have we played? Thirty eight games, I think we played. So we're, we're pre- almost there. We're pretty close to the halfway mark, and uh, so even though we're not there, we're gonna do mid season grades for each of the players instead of doing statements this week. Uh, we figured we'd do it this week since next week has a lot of really exciting games, and we thought 
we I'm have so excited about yeah. next week. Yeah, next week's got a ton. San Antonio, hopefully. <laughs> I, I think we can get to it later, but I'm more excited, I think, to see Kyle versus Damar than I am to see, um, like, Kawhi go home or anything like that. I, but I hopefully Kyle can play. I don't hopefully. Know. Hopefully. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, anyway. So we're going to do midseason grades. Uh, we're going to talk about each player. I'm going to give them a grade or Talib's going to give them a grade. I'm going to see if we agree or disagree with each other. We have not seen each other's grades right now. So maybe one of us is a, a really tough marker compared to the other. But we'll find out. So we'll start with the big offseason acquisition, Kawhi Leonard. What did you give him as a grade? B+. Plus. B plus. Oh my God. Okay. We are not going to agree today. <laughs> Why did you give him a B plus? It's a slow start. That's what it is. He wasn't, it was a slow start. And I'm, I think everything he does really well, except for his passing. I think he, his, the offense stagnates very quickly with him. The defense adjusts. Yes, he does. A, he's a really good ISO player, able to create shots, but he's not a player that I think makes other players around him really, really good other than you double-teaming him, right? So one thing I think Kawhi can do better is that he is getting, like, a lot of attention. So for him to, like, he goes in and he's passing out a lot more, but he started off being a very one-dimensional offensive, a very good defensive player. Defensive player, he's one of the best. One-dimensional offensive player, score, 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 right? I'd love for him to just dish it out a bit more. He does, He's doing that now. I think he will end up the season if he keeps this up. with like an A. I just think the, slow, the start of the season was relatively a little slow. Okay, I gave him an A, um, but uh, I had a lot of the same points as you. I think I think he came as advertised. His defense is unbelievable. Like I, I think I enjoy watching him on defense when he locks in more than I care about his offense. It's ridiculous. He has more steals than fouls in his career. Yeah, yeah. Who has that? That's ridiculous. Yeah. He never fouls. His foul. I put this down. He's in the ninety seventh percentile in both foul, like fouling and in steal, which means that he yeah. fouls so little and he steals so much, which is really rare. Which is uh, weird because his hands are sizes like Shaq's hands, and you're like, there's got to be some fouling. But wow, it's amazing, really good. So I looked up his clutch numbers because I think I think it's really hard to, uh, sorry, it's really easy to really think about those couple of games where he dribbled off his foot, or you know, where we we just didn't perform well. Um, but his clutch numbers are actually pro- really really good. They've come back up. So he's he's 53 percent in the clutch, which NBA.com uh, defines as last five minutes. Uh, with five points or less. So he's actually one of our better players in the clutch, especially with the volume he has. He had a really big bucket against Miami, and it was very unnoticed. I think it was uh, James Winslow had like a hit, like a running jumper, and Kawhi just came in, jumper right there, three minutes, and got that lead back. Like Because it's these, we don't really think about this. We always clutch, we always assume it's the last play of the game. Uh, but it's actually the last five minutes because if you don't make that bucket in that like the fourth minute or something you're gone like the leads up to 10 it's over yeah. like it does right like you know me that last five minutes is so critical where you need your players to hit big time buckets or de- defend very quick because last four minutes is momentum takes a big hit big, big a big part of the game so absolutely right Okay, so we kind of agree on Leonard. We have different grades, but similar talking points. Okay, Mr. Pascal Siakam. I gave him an A-. minus. Oh, I gave him an A. I think this guy is oh. phenomenal. <laughs> I, I, I'm a big Pascal fan. I think everything across the board, his numbers are phenomenal. Uh, numbers-wise, I think we all know he's shooting a very high effective field goal percentage. He's doing everything, that, what he's done. And as, as mentioned two weeks ago, I think this is the... 
You know, Amar, I'm bringing in Amar again. He did mention if we use the term peak Pascal, and yes, Amar, he, Pascal has peaked. This is peak Pascal of the time. So peak Pascal hitting his his stride really well. Uh, there's nothing you can ask for a second or third year player at the moment who's getting who's on a team stacked with stars, right? He's not the top guy like in Chicago or Brooklyn where your guys are getting a lot of minutes. He's actually getting decent usage, but his usage is always running around without plays drawn off for him. And if you think about that, that's all hustle plays. And that's really, really impressive to get in this league. Yeah, so I gave him an A- minus primarily just because I, he had a stretch in maybe a few games ago where he, he kind of struggled a little bit, um, which you expect. Once, once you start to get on the team scouting report and they start focusing on you. Cause really, if you think about it, uh, if, if Leonard and Kyle are playing, Siakam is probably the third player they're, they're game planning for. And they haven't been playing. I think Leonard and, and Kyle have played so few games together this year that Siakam might be second on a scouting report to be like, watch out for this dude. So with that being said, he obviously is getting more attention and they started to, uh, sit on his spin move a little bit more, so he couldn't really get to it. Well, you got some. He got some really good ones yesterday. Yeah, yes, he missed. Uh, he missed a couple of bunnies though. But yes, he, yeah, he, was, he, was he did get some another one. I was like, oh, that spin move is back. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I said. I, I think he's adjusting, and so he has he has the potential to get to an A or an A plus for the season. Um, but I gave him an A minus just because there was a stretch where uh, he had he struggled a little bit. But now I kind of see him getting out of it. Yesterday, especially yesterday's game, he was really aggressive, even even after missing a couple of bunnies. Okay, Mr. Mafuzi, Serge Ibaka, what'd you give him? Mafuzi was a B plus. Uh, oh, okay. I, yeah. I gave him the same. I gave him the same. Uh, Mafuzi, and I'll tell you a quick thing. He's having the highest usage in his career, 21%. So it's it's very, very impressive. And when I mean the highest usage, 21%, in comparison in his career, he's been doing 15 to 14% of the offense, but quite a lot of the offense flows through Mafuzi. And, and it's mainly due to the elbow jumpers, and he's making those shots. So his percentage is a lot higher. That's really, really good. Now, the one thing that really straws me is his three percentage. Now, he's not taking a lot of threes compared to last year. So, for example, 36% of Ibaka's total shots last year were threes so that's that's one third of the offense just going to three balls and we know he's not like a like a fantastic shooter he's a decent shooter this year it's only 19 percent, but that's really good because he's not shooting that well from three he's a 29 percent three three ball shooter so if he's 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 been very smart about his offense and nick nurse has adjusted the offense to flow into ibaka and ibaka's thrived in it i think he's a really really good fit for the team that we have right now yeah, I had I had pretty much similar stuff. I, I think he's shooting really well from two. His elbow jumper has been great. He's struggling from three. To be honest, I don't stress much about it. If he's shooting only nineteen percent of his shots from three, um, it's fine. If he's taking fine, one, right? if he's taking one three a game, whatever, it's fine. That's that's it's the biggest thing. If you're taking from nineteen and you're jumping up to a forty percent of your volume from threes, that makes a huge difference because now with a with a big man shooting three, that the issue begins is you've got to have a higher make percentage because if you're missing that three ball you don't have the rebounders our guards aren't exactly the greatest rebounders to get that board out and ibaka is one of our top what top rebounders as much as it is right so if you're a forward or a power forward for that matter shooting threes you better have someone on the floor rebounding and that normally is quiet or siakam at the time 
So he's done well for himself this year, I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, I gave him a B minus. What'd you give him? A C. C. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's been it's been a disappointing year for uh, for Fred. I think we know that we've seen the games. He's very up and down. He's shown that he's like can be Mister Fourth Quarter out of nowhere. Like he just turns up the gear and was able to make shots. But all his shots are. If you notice, they're very – they're the three-ball shots. Like yesterday, he hit three three-pointers, but they're very – like one of them was a bank three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, you know, which I've, I've no, I have I don't even know how – I don't think it's an intentional thing. I think it's a very like – no one can hit a bank three. Uh, and then he hit a couple of shots there, but he missed – he missed a lot of layups. He missed – he's trying – he's not getting the calls as he did last year. And last year is because I think the defenses were unaware of how his right hand or left hand, they were unaware of his strengths. Now they've tuned in. Defenses know who he is. You, they know. They, so they're like, okay, you know what? We got to guard him really well. We got to keep him on the paint, make sure in the mid-range area, and force him to make that like running hook, running jumper, which he doesn't do, which is something that is needed from him at the time. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think... Um, he's not been shooting well from two this year. He's only shooting 45% from two, but his numbers in three are actually gone up quite a bit now. He's at 39%. So he's actually one of the better three point shooters on the team now behind Danny. Uh, he's really had gotten to a hot streak in the last, you know, five, six games shooting from three. So his numbers have come get back up. Uh, you know what the one thing was, I, he was making really poor decisions early on in the season, especially when, when he was driving into the lane and he was, he was doing the Norman Powell, you know, where he was kicking when he should have been shooting and he was, shooting when he should have been kicking. Um, but I thought he was really, really struggling at the rim this year. Maybe just my eye test. But I looked up the numbers at the rim, and they're pretty much identical to last year. He's a 50% shooter at the rim, and he was 51 last year. So maybe it's come up a little bit recently with his starts. Um, but I guess he's he's not as strong as I remember him being. That's why I guess you look up the numbers. Um, but yeah, so he that's why I kind of gave him a B-. minus Because if you look at his numbers... And he's the one who's been thrusted in and out of the starting lineup the most. His numbers are actually up. I know the eye test tells me he's not as good as last year. Um, but I feel like lately he's been turning the corner. He's becoming as good as he was last year. Absolutely. Hopefully, hopefully uh, Van Fleet picks it up. Yeah. We, need, yeah. we, need, we need some of those threes and those passing abilities. Oh, we need the threes. Anybody who can shoot a three is welcome on this team at this point. Um Danny Green, speaking of threes, the Green Ranger, I gave him an eight. He's, he is my uh, most underrated pickup this year. I had no expectations for Danny Green, and I absolutely love the guy. Um, he's shooting 41% from three, 52% from two. Uh, somehow he always finds a way to be open. I, you know, I, I, sometimes you can credit the, the point guards and you can credit you know the coaching and the play calling and all that stuff. But at some point, you're just like, no, somehow he just finds a way to be open. He's really smart. Um, his defense has been way better than I thought um, it was going to be. And that's probably just because we don't watch a lot of Spurs games. Uh, he doesn't get a lot of love on the Spurs because he was behind, you know, the big three and then Kwai and things like that. Um, and he's also been uh, the most healthy Raptor. I think he's missed a game. And he's just been out there playing crunch time, starting games, and just been there so consistently. So I gave him an A um for the season so far yeah i'll be quick on this one danny green a exact same reasons as akshay there you go all right hey there you go all right one of your take that for data og and anobi <laughs> all oh, right yeah. let me go with this. I, I love this guy uh 
There's so much sarcasm in this that voice right there. OG and OB. All right. So I'll give you here a little bit of data here. There are 47 players in the league who average more than 20 minutes a game. Right. So, so sorry, there are 47 players who average more than 20 minutes a game shooting less than 70% in the free throw line. So that's a quick, if you're playing 20 minutes a game and you're shooting less than 70% of the free throw line, you're almost like borderline liability on, on offense, right? The lowest of the bunch, the lowest of the bunch who's playing a significant portion of the game are very an OG Ananobi at 29.6%. That is the lowest. The second lowest is at 50%. And that's our ex-Raptor, Corey Joseph. So, so there's something wrong here. with uh, We're not being able to shoot free throws. I think that's a big thing. Now, just to go back, I think free throw I've talked about. I think OG's having a nightmare shooting the ball on free throws. Now, his assisted field goal percentage is very good. So when he's running around without the ball, if you notice him, notice him. He's running around the ball, and he expects his point guards to find him. And this is where he struggles with, I think, Van Fleet at times. And he needs Lowry for that. When Lowry goes in the room, OG goes in the lane. OG is normally around the area, and it's assisted field goal percentage. Like 69% of his shots were all assisted on. So that kind of tells you something, that he needs a playmaker to succeed in this league. Now, he doesn't get fouled much yet, but I feel that that could change in the next few months as teams realize how poor of a free throw shooter he is so they could really foul him before he makes that bucket and force him to take, make those like, simple layups that he normally makes, foul him hard, put him the line, because chances are he may get one or none. So he's a D. He's a D. Oh, I get a C-. Um, yeah, I, I think the biggest thing for me, OG, I looked at his numbers, and his numbers, outside of the free throw percentage, the numbers are you know what they are. Because last year he, he didn't score a lot, so the numbers are pretty close to whatever it was last year outside of free throw percentage. Um, the biggest thing for me with OG is the eye test, him looking lost on offense. I think he's starting to turn it around just like a lot of people off the bench are now because they're trying to figure things out, but especially the first 30 games or so, he just looks so lost on offense. And maybe that's because we had higher expectations for him this year. Last year, his, his role on offense was stand in the corner, play good defense, go back and stand in the corner. And if you get an open three, try to make them with some sort of regularity, which he did last year. Uh, now he's not making them with the same regularity. And now we expect a little bit more from him because he's coming off the bench and to create, and he's not doing a great job on that. So I think if he starts turning around, um, you know, his offensive game a little bit, he starts to um, find himself in the offense a little bit better. He's going to look a lot better. The main issue is he doesn't do anything at an elite level. He's not, he's not like a great shooter. He's not a great driver. He's not a great finisher of the rim. Um, he's just good at everything, and so it doesn't look great right now. We'll see. Hopefully he turns it around. Um, I give him a C- minus for that reason. This one, the next one, DeLon Wright, was actually the hardest one for me to grade. I just I didn't know what to grade him. I gave him a C+. What did you end up giving DeLon Wright? I gave him a, uh, a D. A D. And I, I, I'm tough on this, but yeah. defense has been decent for him. I think he's always been pretty good at He's been a consistent defensive player. That's what I think keeps him in the lineup. Uh, but... You know, I think he, he struggles in almost everything. He, he's got shots he doesn't take, three-point shots, which is he has a decent three-point shooting percentage. That's a 33-34%, which is decent for Raptors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but his rim field goal percentage is only 54%. Now, that may seem high, but it's actually in the 25th or 20, 24th percentile for point guard. So when you have a point guard, you need him to go into the hoop, make those tough jumpers, make those running layups, and he 
because he's very fast. He's a very fast player, but he doesn't use his speed. When he uses his speed, he goes to the rim and just doesn't finish. That reminds me of a player we had in night in the two thousands called Milt Palacio. Remember him? Oh my god! It took four episodes for you to mention Milt Palacio. Oh, Milt Palacio, Milt Palacio, one of my favorite players. I used to enjoy watching him because he's so he had handles. Go to the hoop, but miss the simple layup, and you're like, "Oh my god! If only you made a layup, you'd be a decent backup, 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 backup point guard." Yeah. He, he, it's funny with Delon. He actually shoots most of his shots at the rim, but he's a really poor finisher at the rim. So, I mean, he's getting there. He's just not finishing them. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I gave him a C plus. I had very similar statements. Numbers are down. He was injured a lot. That's the reason I gave him a C plus, and I didn't throw him into the D's. Um, but uh, he's starting to turn the corner. He's averaging six points, two rebounds, two and a half rebounds, two assists a game. Uh, his defense has been pretty good, uh, but I think I think he was the hardest one for me to really. I could have given him anywhere from a C plus to all the way down to I think a D minus. I, I gave him. Here, here's my take. I think Delon Wright is going to be the next Raptor to leave this team. I, I, I think so too, just because they can't pay him. Because he's gonna he's gonna command like a, a Norm Powell contract, and it's gonna be another t- yeah I, contract. I don't think he's. I I'd rather give Norm Powell rather than Delon Wright. Like as much Delon Wright's really good, uh, Norm Norm Powell brings a little bit more different. But anyways, let's I'll, we'll go on from the next. Okay, uh, Monroe. Monroe, man, like uh, Monroe is a C, just because I cannot believe this guy's rebounding defense is that bad. Oh my God! I've, we've seen few games where he got torched. Well, he got torched by Giannis, which is fine, but like he's got torched by a lot of players in the last little while. And his offense is is decent, but it's very slow. It is very slow. It's very stagnant offense, and it's half court offense. And we're not very good half court offense team. So when you slow the thing down, you really need to slow the entire pace down. And Monroe just doesn't fit this type of offense right now. Right, so I think he's a C. He's doing well. He's getting minutes. He's getting a lot of minutes now, but when he's on the floor, I think defensively, if if you're a team out there, you got to exploit this guy. You really have to attack him, and he'll either foul or he won't even block because his he doesn't block. I don't know. Monroe doesn't block. No, is, he rebounds. That's it. He rebounds, right? But he's not. You 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 can out rebound him. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I gave him a C too. There's not much to say about the, the third center. Um, I just said he's this year's always ready guy, you know, when they come in and then the announcers go, oh, yeah. he, you know, he's always ready. He's, he's this year's Lucas where he oh, he's, he's always ready. He's a professional, he's a professional, professional yes. he's a pro, pro, pro. <laughs> the pro he's uh, I, I don't think Monroe's going to have much of a place in the league outside of his current role. I don't think he's yeah, going to get I, much more than that. I think this is the, this may be the last year of Monroe in the league. Yeah. I, maybe he, no, I think, I think he might find a similar role on a team because he's, he's still youngish, but I don't think he's going to get much more than that. Okay, Kyle Lowry. Uh, this is a B. B, eh? I, I, yeah. I gave him an A because he started off so hot and because of how much they struggled without him. He's he's one of those, like, as much as I hate to say, he's one of the intangible guys. There's so much that he brings. You, you know what? I think you do bring a valid point. I'm going to adjust my thing on to a B plus because uh, you're right. I think the biggest part that I did overlook is the fact that this team struggles big time without him, which I just think from... There are a lot of holes in his game that I think are going to be very, very easily exploited in the playoffs. And that's almost like I think his 
his reluctance to shoot is something that really worries me as a Raptor fan. He doesn't shoot it as much where the Kyle Lowry that we know is like, you know, aggressive. He'll take that shot, take that long three ball, make it, go right to the hoop the next ball. He's not driving as much. Maybe that's because the lanes are clocked up, but we need to create offense for him a lot more. Now he's been injured for a little while, so I'm excited to see him come back. But you know what? When he's on the floor, I think he is the the offensive spearhead kind of guy, and he knows that the defenses have to adjust. Now you've got multiple stars in the play- team. So, yes, I think he's a B-plus. So I'll give you the B-plus with Kyle Lowry, and I'm excited to have him back. I'm hoping he's back this week. So, again, I've mentioned this, and I think me and you agree on this. He's MVP of this team, straight up. Anyone who says not, you ain't watching Raptors for a while, man. This guy is the Raptors. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the only reason. I originally had him in a B plus and then I bumped him up to an agent because I realized how much how how much I miss him running the offense. So so maybe maybe he uh got injured at the perfect time because I felt so sad that he was not there that I bumped him up. So I, I think the biggest thing he needs to get is three point shooting back up. He's a he's a forty percent three point shooter. And when he's sitting at thirty two, which he is right now, um especially considering he started off super hot. So his 32 is actually even worse. Uh, he's probably been shooting in the 20s in the last few games. So he, he really needs to get that back up to, to 40-ish. And then he becomes way more lethal. The floor just opens up way more for him. And he needs to drive more. But I think maybe Kyle's just at the point in his career. You're not going to see him drive as much as he did two, three years ago. Fair enough. Um, Jonas. All right, I'll be quick on this one. Yeah. Jonas is an A. Uh the, the reason I gave him an A, he's playing limited minutes, but he's so effective. Like, limited minutes, effective on the field goal percentage, effective in the rebounds. He's really clogged. And it kind of shows you the importance of having a big man who can post up really well. And the three-point shot, he doesn't shoot the three-point shot, but he keeps defenses honest. And what that does is that defenses are no longer sagging back. So they're coming to the forwards. And he's able to really open up that floor. So if you see next play, if you ever see Jonas play next in the, in the next little while when he comes back, look at him at, when he's he gets the ball in front of the, on the three point line on the top of the key, and you'll see the defense. Everything just comes a lot closer. Now what that does, it creates a lot of plays for Pascal and Kawhi to get inside, get that position inside, and that's that's why I give him a. He's not shooting the three-point percentage, but he's got the he's got the weapon in his arms. He's worked his ass off to get that, and that's paying off. I, I gave him a B plus, and I would say to you, the minutes that he spends on the floor are probably higher than a B plus. But that's primarily because of coaching, because I think the he's he's such a matchup driven player at this point that Nurse just basically puts him in the best position he can put him in to to succeed. His pick and roll defense um, is still suspect. It's still not as good as as Serge's or when they play, you know, Siakam at the five. Um, And so I think that's why I gave him a B plus and not, you know, in the A's, even though I think his play has been great. I'm sure his per 36 numbers look fantastic (laughs) because he comes in. He's like this crazy instant offense for a while. While the bench was struggling, he was the bench's offense like they nobody else was scoring except him. So I think I think a B plus. is where he sits, but he's been he's been really good with the minutes that he's been on the on the court. He just hasn't become better defensively, which is why I kept him at a B plus. Um, CJ Miles, I know what you're going to give him. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> what are you going to give? Him? I'm gonna, I'm giving him an F. Uh, uh, I mean, you know, I, I'm just I, I it, it's been unfortunate, right? I mean, uh, the guy does try, but he's not making the shots. I think I, I don't know what. It is like I think he's 
they've tried to put him in the offense. So this may be a time where I think he's going to get an opportunity as much as it is. I think now I was wrong on that when I said that Powell was, I think he wasn't going to lose minutes. He is losing minutes to Powell. So I'll give you that for that. I was wrong. But I think in the next few little while, it's going to take some injuries and another injury situation for CJ Moss to get some playing time. And it's going to be like chance number two in this season. So he's actually, if you're CJ Miles, your next opportunity could be your last as much as it's hard, right? I mean, this is a tough league, but your next opportunity within the Raptors could be your last time, uh, whether it's an injury or for another player or so to get playing playing minutes and you got to be able to hit those threes and i think you've got to like start hitting those threes and finding your looks rather than taking off 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 jump off looked steph curry shots uh, that, that's a tough one. i don't even know how to answer this one but poor cj he's an f this so far this season hoping he can take it up to an a by the end of the season so. <laughs> you want to go from an f to an a i don't know if that's possible i, I would take anything from cj at this point but i gave him a d minus um, and F to an A is possible, man. F to an A is possible. We are believers in this. I, I hope he comes back and shoots three threes a game and shoots forty five percent. That would be great because we really need him. That's an A. That, that would That's be an, an A. a. <laughs> yes, that would be an A. But I, he's <laughs> yeah. he's right now. He got in Orlando. He got twenty six minutes of probably garbage time. But at least oh, it, it was awful. Yeah, uh, at oh. least it was you know get his you know get him some game action. And he went one for nine and zero for five from three. You know, so yeah, nurse is yeah, trying. Like, nurse is trying. But you even yesterday, I think Doug Smith asked Nurse in the post game interview, and he's like, "Oh, are, are you just are you just giving CJ a breather to watch the game right now?" And Nurse was like, "You know, no, I'm just not playing him basically because he's not just playing well." Um, and so I I don't know what's going to happen with him, but uh, I really hope he finds a shot because the team could use it. Uh, there you go, Norman Powell. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, this is a simple one. I actually haven't seen much, uh, seen a lot of him this year, so I, I I don't know what grade to give him. He's been injured for quite a lot of, uh, quite a significant portion of the game. Uh, and the earlier the earlier the season, he wasn't playing as much. So because CJ Miles was in the rotation, Norm was like kind of off, getting like four or five minutes a game. So I don't have a grade for him. If anything, he's like C at the moment. It's almost like ungradable. I just don't think there's enough evidence right now or any footage or any playing action that he's actually done to showcase that he's actually worth 11 million dollars that we paying him. yeah i don't know if he's worth that contract right now but um i do think he's been playing a lot more um a lot more in control which i love seeing um so if i had to give him something i'd probably give him something in the bees i also don't have a grade for him because it's just too much too little of a sample size um but it, i think he's I think he's showing glimpses of being much, much better and playing much more in control. And I think at the end of the year, he could really have one of the better grades if he continues the path. Uh, so the last grade we have is for the new coach, Nick Nurse. What'd you give him? Hey, boom, done. You know it. Nurse, Nurse knows offense with plays. I think he's really played. I think A is primarily for how he's used Serge and Jonas. That, that, that itself, using two big men who are would relatively be dinosaurs in this league you know if you don't change the offense significantly is a big thing so i think nurse deserves a lot of credit for the offense how he's handled it this year the defense obviously you've got great players and they've adapted really well it's a nurse coach nurse is an a great coach I, great great coaching i've seen so far i, I give him an a minus um yeah i think i think 
everything you say is accurate. I, I think the uh, the two headed monster at center has been a great play. Um, I think the handling of the injuries. So they've lost 68 man games to injury this year, and they're at the 38 game. Um, they lost 67 last year, all of last year. So they've they're already surpassed the number of um, injuries that they've had to last year. And I, I don't know what the numbers are, but just as being a fan, I could tell you the impact of the injuries this year seem way, way more like the, the, the level of player getting injured is the Quies, is the Kyles, is the Jonas's. It's, it's not a bench guy. Um, so it's been significant. So the way he's juggled all that, the thing that I really love about Nurse in game is I love his timeout calling. I like the fact that he does it early. I used to always drive me nuts when uh, when Casey used to do it um, late. I feel like he used to try to get his players to play through things a little bit more, but Nurse just cuts off the momentum. I love that, so I gave him a minus. I think he's done a great job for somebody who came in with very very high expectations, um, especially with the team as good as the Raptors are, and uh, he's really thrived so far. So those are our midseason uh, grades. Let's just look at this week's uh, games. This is a huge week. I'm excited to do next week's podcast. Oh, so excited. They've got Toronto, Toronto, Utah on Tuesday. The big game, San Antonio and uh, Toronto, Toronto at San Antonio. Um, and that one, let's pray that Kyle can play because it'll be really fun to watch, uh, watch the uh, Kyle – Kyle and Kwai a switch and whoever gets <laughs> Damar on defense and just attack. Did you see Damar's dunk? Did you see Damar's dunk yesterday? No, I didn't. Was it two days ago? Oh yeah, he oh, like the double clutch, God. right? The double clutch. Double clutch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, this guy's awesome. Yeah. Love Damar. I know, I love him too. But I think that game. So Damar's not on the Raptors because of his offense. Like his offense is fine. He's not on the Raptors because of his defense. Yeah, yeah, and yeah absolutely. I think he's going to play. The hardest defense you're going to see ever on Thursday. He's just going to come out and just like not give a shit. Defense to Mar. Yeah, defense to Mar. What I think is going to happen. And then we have Milwaukee and Indiana on a back-to-back on Saturday. And Saturday. All right. What's your predictions? Uh, we win Utah for two reasons. I think it's going to be exciting. Donovan Mitchell uh, having an off season. Seen him play. I think he's been a little off, but. Again, I think I, I I like my chan I like our chances. Also, I'm going to the game, so I'm super pumped about this. Woo! Uh, taking my dad to the Raptors game against Utah, so I'm hoping for a win. So it'll be a good. My mood's gonna be really good. Spurs, unfortunately, I think it's gonna be a loss. I think that's what they. I think I Demar is a great player, but he is vicious. He is absolutely vicious. Like he is, he is a very, very good, good player, and I think he's gonna come back with revenge and he'll beat us in San Antonio. And Milwaukee, you know, I've raved about Milwaukee in the earlier pods. I think Milwaukee is a far better team than the Raptors at this point. They're really, really good to watch. And uh, Giannis, and he makes everyone better. So I think we're going to lose this one again. And I think Indiana and Toronto, I think we can take them. Indiana, I think Oladipo is great. But I think it's in Toronto. We can come back. So I'm hoping for a win. Double losses, a win. I'm not hoping for that. I'm predicting that. I'm hoping for four wins, but let's go for that. Yeah, I have the exact same thing. I have win, loss, loss, win. Um, I think Utah and uh, Indiana are two teams that we match up well with. I think San Antonio, I, I don't think, I don't know if Kyle's going to play. And that, that's the honest truth is if I knew, if I knew everybody was healthy, I might have gone three and one or something this week, but I have no idea with the health. And the way that these, like this, Raptor team does it is they're so cautious with health 
right? So they, anybody who's not 100% is not even going to be touching the court. The only reason Kyle played in, in Philly was because it's Philly and he probably pushed to play. Um, there you go. Hopefully we get that push in San Antonio, right? Yeah. I, I'm hoping he plays tomorrow. I mean, I want to see him play, but I understand. I think it's like I'd rather have healthy Kyle for the playoffs. So. Yeah, or yeah, if, if he doesn't play tomorrow, I'm fine, but I want to see him play on Thursday. Let's hope for that. So yeah, that, those are our predictions. It's going to be an exciting podcast next week. We're going to have lots to talk about. Four games, all, all of them good. This might be the hardest week of the season. Um, yeah, and we'll definitely talk more NBA this week about next week. This week was all midseason Raptors. Next week we'll talk more NBA. A lot of stuff out there. So if you want to uh, hear us talk about anything, shoot us a message on Instagram. Follow us at, at the Untitled Raptors Podcast on Instagram. Shoot us a message or what you want to hear us talk about the NBA. Anything exciting? Anything you want to talk? You want you want you want our opinions or views on, for example. How Vince Carter scoring 20 points a game this year? Wow. Holy shit. And dunking. Dunking. Oh, he scored 20 points like twice in the last few weeks. So amazing. Great to watch. And also how LeBron, the LeBron-less Lakers right now, just won their first game after like losing three. And everyone's – it kind of tells you how good of – how magical i think and how of a king run is but that's about it from our end in a sense yeah so we'll see everybody next week have a great new year's uh be safe take the free ttc enjoy guys all right thanks guys have a good one see you, bye.